This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head to toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do, and Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style, plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-B-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chale. That's mintmobile.com slash chale. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chale. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What's happening, guys? Happy Tuesday! 
and thank you for joining another special episode of your welcome guys i'm happy to say i'm back in the studio today and i hope you enjoyed last week i brought you an entire week of shows from the road which i especially enjoyed my time with my old friend king mo coming up on today's program sean o'malley has a new deal that he says he's happy with will he regret that down the road plus Fedor says goodbye, and I'm going to tell you guys why I am upset with all of you today. But before I get that off my chest, we have to start with the big news of the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Conor McGregor is back. Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, been announced. They're going to fight at 170. Does that mean anything? Oh, you bet your ass it does. Mm -hmm. Particularly to me. I mean, particularly to me, I still cling to what the great coach Kavanaugh said two and a half years ago, as it pertained to Conor McGregor coming back. He said, I, I'm, I need to sit down with him in private. I don't need to discuss money. I don't need to discuss jabs and footwork. I need to discuss your mental frame. Why are we here? Why are we doing this? Very simple question. I don't think Coach Kavanaugh meant this to be philosophical and sophisticated. I don't think when he said it that he expected somebody like me to remember it 30 months later. I think he just set something down, visiting it was in passing, but I did pick up on it. And I did hold on to it because I still want to know it. And I know how important that is. We talk about intangibles in this sport a lot, guys, right? Like, it's real easy, X's and O's. This guy's faster. This guy, you know, this guy's got a cross. He follows up with a hook. This guy finishes everything with a kick into a double leg. But then we know about the intangibles. And we also know that it's the intangibles that are going to decide the outcome of the contest. Not who hits harder and not who's faster and not who has more experience if he doesn't also have the eye of the tiger. He, he's got to have that grit. You're going to have five minutes or less of an athletic competition then you are going to be in the tough guy business. Who wants it? So that why is so important. One thing with the why. For Conor McGregor at his current age to be able to make 155 pounds is going to be a lifestyle change. Now, one of the great tricks that Conor McGregor does is cut weight, by the way. One thing that Conor's never really got credit for, he's never missed weight. Remember him at 145? Don't have any question that he can make it. What I'm sharing with you is to make it, it's going to take a minimum of 30 days where you're literally cannibalizing your body. Have you guys ever lost weight? I mean, you're cannibalizing your body. You're using your own muscles and tissues and fat to energize your body. You're literally cannibalizing yourself. It's a very weird thing to do. And you're going to do that with the stress of a fight. You're going to do that while trying to uh, study to take somebody else on. You're going to do that while getting in two workouts a day. It is the ultimate recipe to get sick. Undersleeping, overworking, malnutrition. I'm, I'm just sharing for you. To do something like that, you have to really want it. And when Connor came back and it was against Chandler, I said, wow, he wants it. That son of a bitch wants it. He's going to go into the Ultimate Fighter. Now, I appreciate that that is presented as a show. But as a senior veteran of the Ultimate Fighter, I will just share with you, it is the ultimate training camp. That's the show. 
That is what the show, the Super Bowl is a show. It is the ultimate training camp. Do you want it? Do you want to be there? You're going to grab the right guys. You're going to work hard. You're going to bring your coaches in. You're going to use that facility or aren't you? Just simple questions. But to see somebody like Connor come back where you know full well he could be world champion. You even find yourself having conversations. Well, you know, Leon's a little different than Kamara. And Connor can move this way, particularly when he switches over to Southpaw. You start finding yourself having these conversations where you're making the case where he could be world champion now. He could also not only never win another fight, he may never win another round. We don't know. That's between those guys. But we can start to study it from the outside and we can start to make observation and we can start hedging our bets. So when he's coming down to 155, boom, that tells me he's coming into the ultimate training camp. They're going to call it the ultimate fire. He's coming into the ultimate training situation and he's going to cut to the weight class that requires a discipline, a dedication, and a drive. He still wants to be world champion. This is what this is what it told me. And then I found out they're going 170. Now, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Not at all. I'm open to the idea. I would trust that a Conor McGregor today, who's bigger and more bloated than he's ever been from not getting consistent training because of the knee injury, I would trust, or the leg injury, getting to 55 doesn't look near as appealing as taking on a 55-pounder just doing it 170. I do understand those things, but there's still a discipline. I grew up with a guy named Doug Lee. I wrestled 365 days a year. There was never a freestyle practice tournament competition or a Greco-Roman freestyle uh, uh, practice or competition that I missed. None ever. Doug showed up for three months a year. Whenever the coach, whenever Hagel walked in the room and blew a whistle and says, uh, you wrestlers, come here, that was the day Doug went in. And when Aver Haga said, turn in your gear, you're free for the year. That is when Doug stopped. So this is real basic logic. A 365-day-a-year guy is going to go beat three-month guy. Well, not so fast. Not so fast. You ever see kids cram for a test? Right? They weren't in class with you. They weren't there at 8 a.m. They weren't going to the teacher visit, but they knew how to cram for a test. Doug would cram for a season, and one of the things that he would do is a specific weight class. Making a specific weight class for Doug Lee was a byproduct. A byproduct of that was a level of fitness and a conditioning. And he couldn't do it all the time. He had to do it in short sprints, but he crammed and he put it all in here and he goes out and beats everybody. But I remember guys like this. You know guys like that. You've all got your Doug Lee. You see a guy like this. You see that he can get an intensity and a drive while still keeping a high level of motivation because he's not doing it every day to the point that it's monotonous and boring. He could do it all in a three or four month period. Conor McGregor is now going to go to 170 pounds. Now, this fight is six months away at a minimum. I mean, just by the math that, that we've laid out and read, it's six months away. I think it's more like eight months away. The point is, it's very hard to see into the future, Right? I think Connor will be within striking distance. I don't think he's going to cut a single pound to get to 170 at the time it rolls around. It'll actually be 171. He'll probably tip the scale about 169 in the morning. Not have anything to eat that day, go to bed the night before. But he'll be a couple of pounds under. But it still speaks to 
a discipline and a work that you have the choice to do or not to do. I realize most humans are going to choose not to do it. I understand that. I'm not putting him down. I'm not teasing him. I'm sharing for you what it's going to take to come back and to have success. If you were the number one guy and you fall to number eight, you are never getting that spot back. And you will not find an example throughout history of any sport. Except for a guy that recommitted and worked harder than he has ever worked before. There is no other way to do it. There's not even luck. Not where a guy went from number one to number nine and got back to number one. You don't have an example. There's two out there, but you don't know them. I do. And those athletes both, one man, one woman, had to recommit and work harder than they ever had before. And the very first thing that I'm seeing is there's an opportunity to work hard, get to 155, not work as hard, go to 170. And we chose 170. Tell me there's not a lot on that. I would listen to other things you might tell me, such as you don't think it's going to affect the outcome of the fight. I'll listen to that, that it's not going to change the odds of the fight, that it doesn't make Chandler more dangerous on his feet or more effective on the ground. I'll listen to all of those things. But I'm also going to observe there was a choice to work hard and go into a division where you would like a ranking and you'd like to climb to the top or not work as hard and go into a division that you don't plan to stay in, you don't plan to contest, and you're not working on a ranking. These boys are going to fight at 170. Also announced this weekend, a fighter who has taken lots of inspiration from Conor McGregor spoke up about news on his own career. Sugar Sean, congratulations. Congratulations are in order, guys. So Sugar Sean just signed a brand new eight-fight deal. Now, Sean is not the number one contender, but he is ranked number one. Do you guys understand the sport well enough to know that's not a riddle? So you bring your top guy in, right? Young, talented, successful. At that weight class, I really can't think of anybody. Of course, Aljo's an exception, right? He's champion of the world. I can't think of anybody at that weight class who has commanded more. I can't think of anybody at that weight class that they've put in co-main event spots. Of that weight class where they put main events of ESPN shows. I know that they've done it. You have to tell me about Cheeto or Dominic Cruz. I'm aware. I'm saying more. More. We've got a popularity. It's very clear. Plus, we've got a youth and we have a beautiful ranking. So he goes out, gets an eight-fight deal. Congratulations. A little about that. Sean stopped working with a manager X amount of time ago. And right there, like if you're going to go do that, that, that's a risky game. There is a number of reasons, and it's not from, it's not from the, the, the chess that's being played. It's just straight up on a human level. To have somebody else do that talking for you is a very helpful thing. Sean didn't see it that way. And if you can navigate those waters, when you get up and walk out, you just made 10%. And 10% of, of the kind of money Sean's making, you're talking about real money. I mean, if, if Sean had a manager and Sean fought consistently three times a year, that is all that person would have to do. And they would be in the highest tax bracket, just to share with you. So Sean does get, right, and he said himself, I don't think a manager could have done this. 
He was very proud of himself. He was taking a victory lap. He said, I'm happy. It's the first time I'm completely happy and I'm going to stay happy for all eight fights. He then shined his own wheels about how he went in, but he went a step further. Not only got the deal done, he built a relationship. Which means he's working with Dana, with Hunter. He's working with Maynard and Shell right, right there directly. So now he's got a pipeline. That's very, very important. Most guys overlook that. So great job to Sean, but Sean, I'm making this to memorialize it. You said you were happy. You said you got a great deal. You said you got the deal that you wanted. I'm just memorializing it. Because so many guys go into those great situations and somehow over time get too big for their britches. And now they turn the gun back on the promotion. They think it's wrong. They think that they've been shorted. Let's just make sure we understand this. Okay? And if anybody's not going to be that guy that I just described, I think it's Sean. I think we got something really great right here that can be celebrated. But let's make sure that we disclose what's going on. Which is, you have now made a commitment to the organization who now can make a full commitment to you. They can blow you up. They can give you opportunities and get you exposure that you never even knew they had capable. And when they do that, with a little bit of success and a few microphones there, you're going to become much bigger than you are or thought you would be when you signed the contract. No problem. Just when that comes, understand that was the point from the beginning. We, we've had a lot of guys leave this sport or go out of this business extremely unhappy when their promoter got an ROI on them. They were always fine with their money. They were worried about the other guy's money. And you'll never be partners with somebody if you're counting their money. I mean, I'll just share that with you. Like of all the things that you ever heard about Dana and not paying and fighter pay, I mean, we got to keep on hearing this. None of you mean any of that. No one that's ever said it has meant it. Jake Paul doesn't mean it when he says it. What he means is not that the fighters aren't getting enough. He believes Dana's getting too much. That has always been the gripe. It was never that the fighters were being underpaid. They thought that the return on investment to the man was too high. So I'm just sharing with you, let's disclose this up front. You're going to go out and you're going to do fights. We're going to pay you for that. There's incentives built within. It's an eight-fight deal, so I got you locked up for a few years. Now I'm comfortable building you. Some guys I got to be careful with. There's a strategy. But you, I can now go all in, and I plan to. And if I succeed at my job, there could be a profit. And if I do well at my job, there could be a meaningful profit. And if I do great at my job, there could be a huge profit. But if there's not, if none of this works, I will still honor what we did. That's the deal. That's above board. So let's just disclose it and understand this now. I had a friend. I'll leave you with this one final thought, but I had a friend. And it had to do with the gym. It was back at Old Team Quest. And my friend, you've heard that an idle mine is a devil's workshop. My friend got into the marijuana and into the stain home on the couch all day. So I, I don't mind Devil's Workshop. Everything became a conspiracy. And I still remember the day 
he had some younger guys in the gym. He brought them in after practice, right? We're all sitting there sweaty. And he, he literally looks left and looks right to make sure no one's watching. He says, hey, here at the gym, they're, they're going to sign you up. And they're going to take the funds out of your account automatically every month. There's no bill. You, you don't go in and send a check. It, it, it happens automatically. Called an overdraft. But if you don't come to the gym each month, they're going to charge you that 20 bucks anyway. Like, he literally laid out this conspiracy. Oh, well, on the other hand, he literally laid out the business model of a gym. Somewhere in this sport, we forget. Somewhere in this sport, it's never been that you weren't getting enough. You thought the other guy was getting too much. He's going to try to get it. With 700 athletes on contract, 690 of them are flops. If you become one of the 10, good for you. But also, good for them. Two title fights. One epic night. Guys, I'm talking about UFC 284 this Saturday. Makhlchev is fighting to keep his title and Volkanovski is hoping to make history as the first Australian to hold a title in two divisions at once. Join the MMA action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets Instantly, Makhlchev versus Volkanovski. Guys, it's a three-to-one spread right now, favoring Makhlchev. I must remind you, between the two, there's only one loss, and it's on Makhlchev. I like that action. And if excitement in the octagon isn't enough, you football fans, don't forget to join the big game action happening this Sunday at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app right now. Use the code CHAIL. New customers bet $5 on UFC 284, and you will get $200 in bonus bets instantly this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHAIL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Guys, I'm so thankful for our next partner, Athletic Greens. Not only have they sponsored this episode, but they've also helped me make life easier. I started taking Athletic Greens 1 in 2020, and I haven't stopped. I needed something that I could take to cover all my vitamins, supplements, and gut health, but I hate taking pills. It's annoying and time-consuming to take a bunch of different pills, patterns, and tablets with AG1. I don't have to do that, but I get all my nutrients in. AG1 is so much more than a greens powder. It's all your key health products in one. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, down it, and I'm done. AG1 is also great for recovery. I usually take mine before I work out or even after when I need a boost during the day. I can get a nice mental and physical boost without experiencing a caffeine crash later in the day. It also costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash That's athleticgreens.com slash Check it out. They came from my neighbors. I did nothing. They came from my family. I did nothing. When they came from me, 
I had nothing. I'm going to go outside and I'm going to race. Go race my pickup. Got the little mouthy prick over here thinks he's got a faster truck. Nice straight stretch. You guys, you, you care? You want to see it? Should I stream it just so you guys can watch it? Anything? Okay, I'm also going to charge it, by the way. I need 50 bucks, but I'll stream it. You can come see. You want to see me go race this guy? You don't know much about it, but do I have you? I don't? Okay. The truck I'll be driving was given to me in a will by my father, who is deceased. That truck means a lot to me. And the only way I can get the race and then have this guy know that I'm sincere and serious, I got to put up my title. My title versus his title. I do not want to lose that vehicle. That would hurt. Bad. And I can't get it back. And I got one shot. But I got to race this guy. It's that important to me. He's been mouthing off. He thinks his truck's faster than mine. Do I have your interest? Probably did, didn't I? Probably did. All of a sudden, me and some other guy putting our foot down and shooting across the line when for whatever reason, you don't know, but you know if I'm willing to put the truck up that was willed to me by my dead father. You know I don't want to lose that, so you know this is important to me. But you now know enough. You don't know if I, if I got a four on the floor. You don't know if I'm going to be catching gears. You don't know if this is an automatic. You don't know if there's a hill, on-road, off-road. You just know that it matters to me. And all of a sudden, a silly and mythical race that you didn't care about, you're now willing to watch and put $50 in because I'm putting up something that you know matters to me. I understand. In the same way. Francis Ngannou has tweeted out but he's got a cage, he's got four-ounce gloves, he's got Queensberry rules, he's got Mike Tyson as a referee. That's what he tweeted out. But what is he putting up? What is he putting up? Because right now, they're talking about going and doing something that isn't boxing. They're going to do Queensberry rules, but they're not going to go with sanctioned gloves. And you guys would be surprised what the definition of boxing is. It, it even comes down to a four-roped ring that's no more than 17 by 17. I mean, just by example, there's a lot of things that go into the definition of boxing if you're going to sanction an event. So they're not going to do that. They're going to do something else. So now Tyson isn't putting up his boxing record. He's not putting up his legacy. He's not putting up his fans. He's not poking up his, his second generation, and this is important to his father. His father taught him, and the gypsies, and they came through. No, they didn't. They, they didn't teach him this. They never worked on that. They've never done it. It doesn't even have a name yet. We're going to make it up. So this is going to be nothing to Tyson. Tyson has called people out before, and it's been flat scary. It's been intimidating. This has always been done with a laugh. Everything Tyson has said about fighting Francis Ngannou, standing in the ring with Francis Ngannou and talking about the size of his male instrument, he was laughing. The day he suggested the Queensberry and the cage and Francis and the four-ounce gloves, he said it laughing. He's joking. It's a joke to him. Doesn't mean he wouldn't do it, but he's not putting up anything. He's not putting up his pink slip. He's not even willing to put up his record. He doesn't have a belt. All right, fine. Fair enough. 
He's a great big guy. He's interesting. We love him. Maybe he'll sing us a song. We're coming with Tyson. Can we agree? All right, fair enough. What's Francis putting up? I know what Francis has to gain. He's told all of us. A whole jackpot full of money. Turned down a rumored $8 million to be able to do this. So we don't know what he's making, but we would guess that it's uh, more than $8 million. We get what he's getting. What is he putting up? He no longer has a title. Much like Tyson isn't going to do it in his sport, Francis is also not going to do it in his. Now, I don't blame Francis for that. I think Francis would. I think Francis would box him, which is why it's weird that they're not going to box. Francis never said he'll come fight you under some, some weird rules. The Gracies used to do this a lot. The Gracies would come in, but then they would demand certain rules, and the promoters would do it. It was insane. Gordon Ryan is doing it now in grappling. It is insane. Any promoter that would acquiesce to the athlete. And then there was a Gracie that came along. His name was Henzo. And Henzo competed under the rules of the event, whatever event that was. And then the other Gracie started doing it. I mean, just by example, they needed one leader. They saw it. All the fans liked it. We all really respected it. It was appreciated by all. And I'm just sharing with you, but it's important that you do that. Francis is willing to box Fury. Fury doesn't want to put up the boxing. Fury's quite sure he can beat Francis, but he's not 100% for something. I mean, he's willing to box Deontay Wilder twice. He's willing to box, who's that big kid that doesn't sweat? Uh, Joshua. He's not willing to box Francis. And Francis isn't able to do a mixed rules fight with Tyson. So, I think he can have some fun there. I think he can have some interest there. Think if Mike Tyson shows up and you got a kid and you got a few dollars. I think you have something. And I know what you stand to get. What are you putting up? That's the problem with being stripped. That's the problem with not doing a sport that you're proud of, that you worked and you sacrificed to do. That's the problem with having a guy who the last time he officiated was in a WrestleMania in a WWE when he got ready to screw over Michaels and, and help Stone Cold. You can't be taken serious, but you shouldn't be taken serious. Much like Tyson Fury, who's building the fight and is laughing every two seconds, it's a joke. So I know what you stand to get. What are you putting up? That might sound simple to you. There is five men on this earth that can promote a fight. Eddie Hearn happens to be one of them. Eddie Hearn had a preliminary talk with Francis, one is sitting and wanted to get to know him. The F4. Why would, why would I possibly need to get to know you? Make sure he can work with him. Make sure he can trust him. Eddie's going to order the calamari. He's going to get a side of this. going to get a little Chablis coming over. And then he's going to ask a couple of simple questions. Why does this matter? What is the story? How are you going to tell it? How much have you practiced this? Do you have a compelling reason? Do you have something you're going to put up? Do you have a risk? And Eddie's never going to tell him he needs any of these things. He's never going to tell him, I got to know that you've got a story that you're ready to package, that you don't just think that you with no boxing experience can go and take on this guy who's got a lot of boxing experience. And he wants to know what he's working with. Does he have a partner here? Does he have somebody that knows 
The punches are what people do once they've tuned in. The business is making sure that they have tuned in, and that's done through storytelling. Do you have a story? But Eddie's not going to tell him he needs this. He's not even going to tell him he's looking for this. It's going to take him to dinner. You let him get anything on the menu. Be the best $500 investment he made before he goes out there and makes a $50 million mistake. And he's going to talk to him. He's going to find out, do you have something to put up? Do you have a story? Is there a reason we're here? Or much like Tyson, this is all a big joke. Staying in the world of heavyweights, an MMA legend calls it quits this weekend. And no, it's not me, although I was in attendance in Los Angeles for the Bellator special. Was Fedor the GOAT? Is Fedor the GOAT? The answer is yes, of course it's yes. And Fedor is the GOAT for the same reasons that John Jones is not. The GOAT isn't just about how many championships you won. It isn't just about what your record is. It wasn't just about main events or how much money you brought in. Now, the mere fact that Fedor has never done anything but main events truly is amazing. That, that is far more amazing than anything else. That he only could be the star, including on his last night ever, which was over the weekend. But, now hear me out on this, okay? And I'm not being my typical dick of a self and taking a shot at John Jones, it's just, but it's just a great example. John is the finest talent. John is the most unique. John has got the resume. He's about to add at 35, almost going to be 36, he's about to add to the resume with another world championship. Like, these things are wonderful. Why would I say that John isn't the GOAT? I can't say those things about anybody else. Nobody else cleaned out a division, stepped away for three years, and is returning in a position of a favorite and expected to win again. Right, nobody. So why would I say John is the greatest? For the same reason that you guys don't. You don't like him. Absolutely, without question, when you are having greatest of all time conversations, you are for sure having a popularity contest. It is not just about rings and trophies. It is not just about uh, opponents and longevity. Those are all factors, but it's also a popularity contest. If you guys want to talk about the great boxers of all time, if I asked any of you, throw, just throw a name at me. Some of you are going to say Mike Tyson. Some of you are going to throw up Muhammad Ali. I mean, this is the way this is going to go. None of you are going to say Ken Norton. None of you. Not one. Ken Norton beat all those guys. Some of the knows boxing would say that too. So why, why was it not Ken Norton? Well, he wasn't that popular. He didn't come out. He didn't talk, right? Mike Tyson has a certain mystique about him. An undeniable interest. Muhammad Ali was Muhammad Ali. He had all sorts of things. What did Ken Norton do? Punch people better than they punched him back. So why isn't he the greatest of all time? A popularity contest. No problem. But it's a very relevant thing because when you go around and you ask people who's the GOAT or you ask them today, was Fader the GOAT? They're all going to say yes, but it's a respect issue. It's an I like him issue. There's some guys where, where, where certain walks of our community cannot compliment them. Right? You get a Sambo guy on top, the jujitsu guys just aren't going to compliment him. Or vice versa. Or you get a judo guy and a wrestling guy, just by example. They're just, the wrestlers are just not going to come out and put the judo guy over. 
Well, Vader didn't have anything like that. He didn't have anything that, that, that bothered anybody, right? Had the Sambo, but it was real. Right? I mean, he's got the Jags out there competing. It was real. It wasn't just something he said. When he went out and fought, it looked it looked pretty wrestling heavy. It looked pretty, pretty scrambling based. But definitely had an overlay of absolute ferocity in his hands, particularly his right. Like, that's just not going to offend anybody. That's a little something for everybody to sprinkle through. He's never badmouthed anybody. I don't believe he's ever cursed. I've certainly never heard it. Treats his family good, lives in a small community. Gets recognized throughout the Russian people, really keeps to himself. But then he's at a gym and he's mentoring his coach. I mean, I'm just saying, what do you not like about him? And it is a popularity contest. People never want to admit that part. I don't know why. I have no idea why. And I will admit I didn't always understand this. I had a greatest of all time argument live on Fox Sports 1 against Dominic Cruz. I defined what it was, and then Dominic defined what it was. Dominic added popularity. I thought, oh, you, you just lost. You just lost. Hey, guys, popularity should have nothing to do with your ability, your fundamental responsibility in making and observing his talents in his career. And Dominic said, no, it has to. There's not a greatest of all time out there. Not on any list, not on boxing, not on skiing, not on tennis that wasn't known and wasn't liked. It's one of the reasons they will take that from John whenever they can. I just share with you, yeah, Vader's the greatest of all time. That is who will win that. If you went and got all the legends and all the icons together, they're going to say it. And not just because of his skills, also because they like him. Try it free for 30 days, they say. You know, guys, that's just enough time to try it and completely forget about the subscription or the service. Before you know it, you're paying for a subscription you don't use every single month with Rocket Money. You can change that with a few quick taps. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscription, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. Guys, does it all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show on, and that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel. Rocket Money will do all the legwork and they'll make sure it's canceled for you. No more long hold times with customer service or awkward conversations with a representative trying to talk you into keeping the service. Just one click and you're done. I hate when I look through my bank statement and I see a subscription I've been paying for that I never even use. I just found a yearly subscription I've been paying for and haven't used it since 2020 and I know you guys can relate. There are over 3 million people who have used Rocket Money, including me, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way. 
by going to rocketmoney.com slash chael. That's rocketmoney.com slash chael, rocketmoney.com slash chael. Hey, can you hear me? Not if you can hear me. Can you hear me? Okay. Don't let this out. Josh Emmett is going to fight Yurir Rodriguez this Saturday for the interim championship of the world. It's a co-main event. Emmett. Josh Emmett is going to fight Yurir Rodriguez this Saturday. I don't know why they're not telling anyone. I I don't know why this is a secret. I don't know that I've really seen a sporting event quite like this. Paint an example. Game 7 of the World Series. They tell people. Yeah, people know about it. Sure, you can be at your local coffee shop. Game seven's on tonight. Guy will be talking about it. Tell you what time it starts. Ah, five o'clock. He'll tell you what network has it. He'll tell you who the home field is. Like they tell they tell people it's one of those things. But this one, this is this is really under wraps. I found out today. Now, in all fairness, I found out about six weeks ago. I was watching a PPV and they and they advertise and I saw that that was done. But then I forgot because no one talked about it. Now, I got to share for you, and if you follow me, you know this to be true. I think Josh Emmett is just tops. Just tops. That guy is so damn good. He's got the best training, the best facility. Went out there to Alpha Male. You could go back over two years and go watch Emmett fights where he was just coming up. He is a dog. You can see World champion potential in him way back then. So he's finally getting the opportunity. And Uriah Rodriguez, come on, this guy's a video game. Uriah Rodriguez is a video game. But when Volkanovski left those guys high and dry, Volk made one statement. And Volk doesn't say a lot, right? But Volk did make a statement. He said, neither one of those guys has called me out. There appears to be a very strong argument for Yarir and Emmett to be a number one contender. And just in case you guys don't remember how that worked, Josh Emmett fought in a feature match and won. And one week later, Yarir fought in a main event and won. So there was, yeah, and Volk needed a partner. So it was, yeah, right, oh, it's going to be Emmett. Well, let's keep our eye on Yarir. Then Yarir gets to go last. Now what's Emmett going to do? Like it was right there. And Volk came out and said, neither one of those guys have called me out. You, the media, said this to the media, said, you, the media, keeps asking about the fight. I hear you. You, the media, keeps asking me who the number one contender is. I, I think they both got a good argument. But neither one of them has called for the fight. So why don't they just go fight? And Volk wasn't being like the typical skunk at the garden party who's got a dangerous match coming and is just trying to keep his belt and hide out. He is the opposite of that person. And he still said, you guys appear to be on even ground. Neither one of you appears to want to fight me. Why don't you go fight each other? And you know what? When Volk said it, it was very clear that was what we needed to do. It was very clear. And now they are going to fight each other, but they didn't tell anybody. They didn't let anybody know. And time's a ticking. I think they're going to be able to keep this secret, right? Like, sometimes secrets are hard to keep. You tell one weak link, they go put it on the internet. They go into the office of high school, they say it on the intercom, and all the classes could hear. What if they bring it up on a bus? What if they bring it up on lunch break? Somebody's going to hear. 
The word's gonna get up, but no one, it's, they've only got a few days and nobody knows these two are fighting. And they're fighting for an interim belt that, by the way, if Volk wins in the main event, that interim belt gets escalated to an undisputed belt. Volkanovsky will simultaneously become champ champ and release the 45-pound belt. I'm taking some liberties on that, but that's the way that's going to work. I mean, the motivation is at an absolute high here. All the marbles are in on this if Volk wins. If he wins. And if he loses, you're now taking on a guy suffering his first loss. Guys, how many times have we seen an athlete never come back? How many times in boxing, in wrestling, teams in baseball, they call it a slump. He was in a slump. How many times do we see a guy suffer that very first defeat and he never comes back? Whatever happens, but it rattled him. Okay, so in one scenario, you're never fighting Volk, and your interim gets escalated to an undisputed. In another scenario, you do fight with Volk, but he's coming off a beaten. Maybe that helps you, maybe not, right? We don't know, maybe push this back. Maybe it's one of those guys we don't know, but it still it puts you in a very interesting spot. A very motivation-driven position. I don't know about the strategy. I don't know why they didn't tell anybody. I don't know why they didn't tell anybody. But I found out, and it's a few days away, I think they're going to be able to get out to the press. I think they're going to be able to do the whole week. I think they're going to be able to go to the weigh-in. And no one will know they're there. It's very interesting. I can trust you guys, right? You're not going to tell, are you? Guys, I'm half pissed off at you. And I have been for a while. You don't know what you have here. And one of the reasons that you don't know, right? I mean, it's entitlement to a bratty kid whose parents thought they were doing well by him and spoiled him. And he grew up with a sense of reality that was off. And he also couldn't appreciate things. He couldn't appreciate things because he never longed to have them. He never worked to have them. He barely even asked if he could have them. And there's the parent bringing it into the bow, right? You know these types. What we dreamed we had done to us. What we'd love to do with our kids. It can be a really slippery slope. But entitlement is a real thing. And there's also something true to the human psychology. If you don't work for something, you can't appreciate it. Right? Yes? Yes, everybody? Makhlchev and Volk fell in your lap like no title fight in history. Now, this is very argumentative of the biggest title fight in history because champ champ status is eligible. And there's only five guys ever, one gal ever that even got champ champ opportunity. But then you have the number one rank. See, there's a beautiful thing that Volkanovsky said. Volkanovsky, when he got face-to-face -face with Islam, you guys remember this? When he was face-to-face -face with Islam, he patted. Islam had the belt on his shoulder that he just won. And Volkanovsky patted it. And he said, you put this up, and I will put up the number one pound-for-pound -pound ranking. All right, well, see, now, now, now we're getting closer. Now we're, now we're getting back to even here, aren't we? No soft place to fall, right? All the champions want a soft place to fall. 
They need to be an underdog. They need to leave the weight class. Ah, these guys are a little bit too big for me, but by golly, I'm going to go out there and try. They don't, they don't like to burn their, their ships. And they're not going to put up anything or risk anything. Volk did. And as simple as that might sound, guys, it annoys me that this fight isn't appreciated to the level that it should be. And I contend that the reason it's not is because it was handed to you. It was a gift. You didn't work for it. You didn't go to the forums. You didn't go to the sites. You didn't take to the Twitter sphere and beg and manipulate and tag Dana White and tag Sean Shelby. You didn't do any of those things. You didn't earn this. This fell in our lap. We were told at one point, guys, I can't confirm this. I can't confirm this, but there's a lot of smoke around this. We were told by Charles Oliveira's coach, Lima, came out and told us that Oliveira in the locker room was offered that rematch. Now, when I say locker room, that is just meant to say after, after the fight. But why that's relevant? It means the UFC had the face-off with Makhlchev and Volkanovsky. If that rumor's true that Oliveira was offered the rematch, they had that face-off, they had that agreement, they faded a black, they rolled the credits. They had the undefeated against the nearly undefeated. The champion versus the champion, number one versus number five. They had all of it. Thought they didn't have a damn thing. Going to move right on like it never happened. Go out, bring Charles in there, get these two. I mean, that, that wasn't a, a massively hyped fight to start with. I, I don't know why we're going to rematch the thing. But if you are going to rematch it, then that means you like that idea more than you like this idea. Come out, tell the world, oh, hey, those two boys having fun. You know, you, you know we do our own matchmaking here. Who are they to go out and make a, a fight? You know, nice try. Ha ha. Is that, is that what we're going to do? Is that almost where we were, guys? Were we almost going to unfry that egg? Unfry that face off? Were we almost going to come out and tell the world? Tell the Levitards and the Romes and the sports centers? Hey, those guys got carried away. One's at 45 and he's going to be fighting Josh Emmett soon. One's at 55, and he's going to do a rematch with Charles, exactly like they should do. And we were just, and none of this happened? Is that where we were going to go, even for a minute, even for a moment of time? And I only bring that to speak to my idea. My entire thesis here is that we're not appreciated because we didn't earn it. Every now and then, know how to accept a gift. And that's a very important thing. It's easy to give a gift, right? You feel good. You brought them something. They're going to be happy. You're going to get thanked. It's very easy to give a gift. You have to know how to accept one. Don't ever be the guy who goes, oh, I, I showed up empty-handed. I'm so embarrassed. I can't accept. No, take the gift. Tell them how beautiful it was. Open them up. Tell them how much that, that thought meant to you. You have to know how to accept things. You guys are not wrong to enjoy this. You are not wrong to be counting this down. I was on Volkanovsky's YouTube last night, which he's just doing a great job, by the way. Great job. And he was talking about being in a bulking phase. Guys, there is as few things more uncomfortable in life than weight, whether you're going up or down. Most have never done that. Most have never had to go and diet and pull weight off where you had to do it, right? 
So very unique in the sport. Now, Volk's on the other side where he's got to gain weight. Oh, I had to do that one too. Oh, oh, it, you're, it's sickening. It is sick. You know that feeling you have after Thanksgiving? But, but, but like now you need a nap. Like, yeah, man, I got to do the pants. And you, you, you need a little bit of time. Let me put my feet up here. Maybe go for a walk in about an hour. Help digest. You know that feeling? You live your life like that. It's awful. You have to get up earlier in the morning than you had planned. Doesn't matter if you get up at 5 in the morning. You will now have to get up at 4.15 in the morning. You need an extra 45 minutes to get calories in. You like to go to bed at 10 p.m. You will now be going to bed at 11 p.m. You need that extra hour to get calories in. And Volk was talking about this. He's got a company that helps him, right? They sent it right to him. You've seen that, that prepackaged meal. But he was going through it. Oh, my good Lord. Oh, you know, he's got to get his nutrients in. So you, you got salads that would just fill up a small army. He's got to get that down. That's before he even gets into the pastas with the organic low-sodium sauces. That's before you even get into that because he's not looking to put fat on. So this it's a very tricky game. If you want to put on weight, by the way, he's only got to do a few pounds, right? You're talking about 10 pounds here. Boy, if he could go put on six and a half, if he could go put on seven, but of all muscle, that's what he's going to go try to do. But the way that you do that, it's not just about cal. You're not eating donuts and 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 then uh, you know pizzas and just trying to put the size on and then take it off later. No, you put it on in good weight, which means you eat really good food. It just means you got to eat a lot of it. It was a very fascinating thing, but it spoke to the dedication of Volkanovsky. I watched some of his training. I watched him sparring up here with a guy, and Craig Jones comes in and levels him from the side. Just blast him with a double leg to take him down. So Volk's dealing with this guy. Oh, and now I'm wrestling. It's real interesting stuff. Henry and Cejudo comes out and says, there's nothing that Vol Volkanovski could do to beat Islam. It's going to be nothing but good old-fashioned Dagestani wrestling. This is what Henry Cejudo said. You know what? I know the effectiveness of wrestling. I am a wrestler. I would never turn on my own craft. But I will also share with you, it was at the turn of the century, guys. 2000, 2002 at the latest, that being able to take a guy down is not enough. There's only two athletes in the modern era where being able to take a guy down was enough. George St. Pierre and Khabib. Now, Islam might be that damn good. I'm just here to share with you. Dagestan and Rasmus, what difference does it make? I mean, go out and start in this position. If you're, you're a world champion, you can't get up off the bottom. I mean, at some point, you got to start giving world championships back. There can't be anything that you can't do. If you're ranked number one, not only the champion, you're undefeated, but you're also ranked number one. You're ranked in front of everybody else. There cannot be a position where you cannot defend yourself effectively. There just can't. Now, there could be a mess, and there could be chaos, and it's back and forth, and it's exchanges, and we got to bring the judge in. There cannot be. If you were ranked number one in the world, Tell me another guy. Tell me another guy throughout history that was rated number one on the pound for pound, but he had a position he had to avoid. Tell me anyone that was ranked number one, but if you get him in a tie clinch, it's all over. He didn't know what to do. But you get him in a half guard, it's never happened before. So we either have a massive issue with our rankings committee, or you are on the heels of a gifted, non-earned, greatest title fight ever all right guys that's it for today's episode thank you for listening and for continuing to leave reviews of the show over on apple Podcasts, like the one from diamond who says chael and king mo 
could this be the beginning of a spinoff podcast? Well, thank you, Diamond. Maybe I'll give you an answer when I talk to you all again on Friday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.